Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of your favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Welcome back to episode four of A Big Trouble in Little China. We're going to talk about everything that happens from where they go to the brothel and try to break out Miao Yin, all the way to where they're stuck in an elevator at the Wang Kong Exchange. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Shit just got real. <laughs> all right. So uh, starting off there, it's a rainy night. Uh, they are sitting in, a, they pull up in a car. They're sitting outside of this brothel. It's Eddie, Grace, Wang and Jack and they're all like kind of just trying to like tell Jack like the plan like you know trying to soothe him to you know everything is on your on your well, shoulders now Jack for, like wait 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 they don't pull up in just any car there's like a 20 foot long pink Cadillac <laughs> with like the big fins on it uh, pink Cadillac that's What's Eddie's that song? car is that Eddie's car I guess I mean, he's driving uh yeah I guess yeah but that I don't know that that car is too much, man. It's definitely like insane. a throwback, like an Edsel or what is it called, like a throwback yeah. to the fifties or something. It like was that. old school, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you took a step <laughs> back into Cuba or something like that. I never really noticed how just how ridiculous that car was though until more recent watchings. Like just because you know it passes by in just a second. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's like and most of the time they're spinning inside the car. A pink Cadillac. Good for you, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie might have like a side business going that we don't know about. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. he's running girls. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he knew exactly where to pull up? Right. He's like, knew he's exactly like he where knows to go. every whorehouse yeah, in the yeah, city. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a, a moment of levity right here because they're trying to soothe Jack. And Jack is dressed in like this really weird yeah. kinda, like businessman. Like, again, this movie was made in 86, but everything about it, it screams like the 50s, you uh -huh. know? So Jack is he kind dressed of like in this, Clark Kent. Yeah, like, like this weird, like brownish, pinstripe almost ugly outfit. Where did that come from? I my theory is that that's some of Eddie's clothes, because that looks kind of like what Eddie walked in wearing, like just a horrible tacky suit, awful colors. I I can see that. I I don't because I mean it's whatever clothes or luggage he had is like I guess in the pork chop. Express. Yeah, then so he doesn't really have a right. change of clothes. Again, this might go back to the the Chinese laundry theory. Right? <laughs> you think <laughs> that like, wherever he got that robe from, he got yeah, that, okay. that suit from. Also, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say based on what I seen Eddie wearing, that looks like some clothes out of Eddie's closet. I, I would go. I'll and I'll there may be a similar size. Like they're kind of bigger guys. He like he could not wear Wang's clothes. Oh no, yeah, no, no. Uh, I'll sign off on that. that was, so we'll just say that that's Eddie's. That's suit. some of Eddie's like leftovers. Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of like kind of corny and clownish i guess you would like say you said it had like a 50s feel to it mm -hmm. i mean this whole scene the scenes from the last episode we did like has this sort of like madcap comedy feel to it like it's just back and forth witty dialogue yeah and like uh wang is like my destiny lays in your capable hands yeah and then, like, like, he talks like that <laughs> i think eddie tells him or no wang tells him Try to look stupid, and Grace's like, "Don't worry, he does." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, they're always clowning they're, on. They are clowning on Jack. Him <laughs> <laughs> they're always clowning on it's Jack. Like they're sending him like, into like a death 
you know, a deadly situation, right? Yeah, yeah, and then they're also punking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that when Jack went into the actual brothel, uh-huh. he almost tried to, he tries to take on uh, Kurt Russell as the a actor. Character. Take on this character, but I'm not quite sure what character that is. Like, like a nerdy businessman? Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like he kind of should have had his hair twisted up. Like, you know how, like, Clark Kent twists uh-huh. his hair up and now he's not Superman? Like, yeah. they should have done something like that because it would have just totally thrown off like now he's not jack anymore now he's like this other character he did have like the thick heavy glasses the clark clint kind of glasses yeah. on I, I think he probably should have had like a piece of tape in the middle that would have <laughs> just like solidified like I how nerdy he was trying to like, be he's like oh i'm just a traveling businessman i think was his shtick like yeah. the cab driver or whoever told me like i could this is the place to come to have a good time you know yeah so I, so again i've never been to chinatown have you been to chinatown yeah okay so yeah you've been to chinatown yeah. um does Chinatown have that kind of feel to it? Kind of like a throwback? You know how they say if you go to Cuba, it's like walking back into yeah. 1950. Does Chinatown have that feel to it? I mean... Because that, that I really got that feeling from this scene. It is like another world. Mm-hmm. To me, like, there's not a whole lot of English on the signs and stuff like that. Like, it really is like you walked into another country. I don't know that it feels like it's a different era, like a throwback, you know, to old cars and stuff like that being around. Um, it's like really like a lot of delivery trucks and, and stuff like that. But it is mm-hmm. like a lot of old school feeling shops like selling dumplings or, you gotcha. know, and laundries and all sorts of like those types of businesses, you know, like Chinese restaurants and dim sum and mm-hmm. like the things you would, I guess, expect to find there. But it does all have like an old school feel like gotcha. in Atlanta, you know, you go to a dim sum place and it's like catering to hipsters. Mm-hmm. Like you go there and it's like catering to Chinese born gotcha. people. So I guess they want it to feel more authentically Chinese. Yeah, I, I just feel like that particular scene more than any other scene, they really try hard to date that movie. Like if yeah. you did if you took just that literally just that one scene and you didn't know anything else about the movie, you'd be like, Oh, what is this old school film here? Like this based in like, you know, this if you think about it, like John Carpenter, the age he was, probably he grew up on those fifties mm-hmm. movies. So he might be influenced by that style as far as like the pacing and the look, you know? So I don't, yeah, but I felt like this was more of a homage to karate films than it was to like the film noirs that well, he probably grew up wasn't with. Wasn't there like a, and there's also a tradition, like I haven't seen a lot of Bruce Lee movies, but like where he would sneak into the the bad guys like headquarters, like in nerd mode. Oh, really? Like that, like with big glasses on and stuff like that, like work to work on the telephone or something like that. That's pretty cool. I think, yeah. So it might be like also an homage to the Kung Fu flicks that, uh, he didn't do that in Enter the Dragon. (laughs) uh, I think it was like, I never, I mean, I've never seen it. So this is a wild guess. Hopefully you Bruce Lee fans out there can like chime in if I'm wrong, but I think it was a movie called Chinese connection, maybe where he was like totally like Charlie Chan, mode like kind of offensive like uh. big glasses and trying to figure you know playing like a st- stupid chinese guy or whatever gotcha. trying to fix the phones and stuff like that but um, it's amazing how you throw people off by wearing glasses i know <laughs> <laughs> like it works for so many different characters no one's ever like oh that looks just like superman but with glasses yeah yeah, you know? yeah. so uh they're all sitting in the car pouring rain and uh another car pulls up like i guess behind them yeah and um Gracie Law is like, oh, wait a minute, I know who that is. And she jumps out of her car and she runs over and she jumps in. And this is where we're introduced to, a, like, I think the final character in this film. Yeah. Uh, her name is um, Margot Litzenberger. Though I don't think they even tell us her name at this point. I think we don't learn her name until a little bit later. Yeah, like but a little yeah, bit this is Margot, like 
the reporter. Yeah, so we found out there's this investigative reporter who's got something to do with, she's got some connection to Gracie Law, and they've probably been in Chinatown for a while, like, covering, like, these brothel stories. Yeah, it seems like a human trafficking, like, story, but you can tell that this Margot is, like, real uptight. Like, she's got this, I guess, a zip-up, like, denim jacket that's zipped all the way up to her throat. You really notice people's, like, outfits in these movies. Well, I think they, I mean, if you're, like, the costume designer, like, your job is to try to convey that character just based Mm -hmm. on what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. So... I don't think in nothing's like by accident, you know, like they the way they dress you is like someone's put a lot of thought into we got to dress this person in a way that like subconsciously would clue the viewer into. Does that mean I have to go through my closet and throw out all my denim now? No, no, no. <laughs> no. There's nothing wrong with denim. I've, I've never seen it. If you have a denim jacket that zips up, you might want to toss that out. But um, the <laughs> only, fact that she only. sort of had it zipped up all the way and she's like, do I really have to go in there? I don't want to go in there. But if if I have to go in there to cover this story, I will. And it's just like you can tell she's real nervous about like uh-huh. she's in over her head. Yeah. Well, this is like her first big break. Like yeah. this story is what's going to make her a breaker. Like she's probably been at this thing for a while and like she's been following the story for a while and she's got this huge lead and uh like she doesn't report this or she doesn't be able to she is unable to like bring in this story like Mm -hmm. this might just might lose her job and she does seem like right away to me she's like sort of seems like that mirror of the eddie character oh yeah like she's kind of nerdy you know she doesn't like look like a movie star wayne's got his love interest you know jack's got his love interest and now we got this eddie character and here's this other woman and they're both kind of nerdy and to me it's maybe too many characters in the movie to be honest but um it's a lot there's a lot of main characters yeah, yeah. this is kind of heavy especially when eddie and Margot don't to me seem to add a lot to the movie other than just being extra bodies there and there's like this whole and we're jumping a little bit. There's like a whole side story to their relationship that, uh-huh. that we'd necessarily need to see that. You know. No, it just, you know, gives a little bit more, I guess, substance to the movie. It kind of expands the movie, though. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, uh, Margot is played by Kate Burton. I, I'm not really familiar with her. I know that she was in Grey's Anatomy. I know that she's in Scandal. That's about all I know. I think she's another, like, working actor who just yeah, yeah. steady working, like, for the last... 30 years. Yeah, so her and Eddie Lee are a perfect match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> and um, there was always a line, I think, that my, my college roommate, John Arnold, uh, liked that when they're in the car where Gracie says to Margo, like, we've got our best man inside stirring the pot. Yeah. And it's just, it is like a, it's, it feels like that, you know, 50s film noir or, yeah, you know, slash whatever madcap comedy yeah. type feel to the whole thing, really. Yeah, like I was saying, this whole scene really kind of, it kind of goat steers away from that karate film that I, we thought that John Carpenter was trying to make uh-huh. until like this 50s noir film that it has slowly become. And then it will change gears again and get oh, back yeah, it into goes back. Like full like, you know, yeah, martial arts flick. Yeah, this scene, although it's a very necessary scene, does stick out a little bit. For those the, reasons. Kurt Russell overplays it so much when he goes in the brothel. He's like, you know, uh, Henry Swanson's my name. Excitement's my game. <laughs> and yeah. like he just is over overselling it, you know, like yeah. to the point that. You would I think would it'd think, be obvious. That yeah, right. Not... They should be more suspicious, like the madam or whoever. Yeah. Um, especially when he starts talking about like, you know what I'm really in the mood for? A girl with green eyes, fresh off the boat. Yeah, so <laughs> when he says that, the madam, she stops in her tracks and she kind of looks back. She's like, oh, wait a minute, that can't be a coincidence because we just got a green-eyed yeah, girl, I think they, Chinese like, tipped, girl. I think he tipped his hand there by being so... 
on the nose yeah. about it. This is what's so weird about this movie. The character Jack says, you know, he's been looking for a green eyed girl. Yeah. And, it, and they just so happened, like literally like five minutes ago, got a green eyed girl, which is so rare um, in the Chinese world to have like a green eyed right. woman. I think the, the other woman there is like says to him, you know, Chinese girls don't come with green eyes. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Well, we and know. They even said yeah. it. They said it earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like, like how they, rare it is. How rare yeah, it is. I mean, they're laying it on thick. Um, they mentioned it a few times when they're talking about like how, oh, it's going to cost so much more to buy her back because of the green eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we know yet why the green eyes is significant, but they've laid it on thick enough that we know that green eyes must be like a major plot point. Well, we know why it's significant in the film. We don't know why it's significant in like, I don't real think that world. we know. Do we know about Lopan needing a girl with green eyes yet? Yeah, we, See, I don't think. Well, that not at they, this point. No. That's why I, we don't know what the significance is as a viewer yet. We just know that it must be important that yeah. she's got green eyes. Yeah, because I don't think Lopan is mentioned. No, I yet. think it comes a little later. Mm-hmm. And so once the madam of the brothel finds out that that's what he wants, she immediately runs in to go see. Mao Yin, who's which getting, is very convenient for us, right? Like she just went straight to like they got a secret hiding room yeah. where she's like bound and gagged on yeah. the bed. I've seen this movie several times. I've never really thought her eyes were green, like yeah. green, green. They look more like almost like blue grayish to me. I think it's really hard to to take a light, like a dark eye, mm-hmm. and make it light with contacts. Like, I think it's easy if you're light, like if you had blue and you wanted to make them green. But mm-hmm. I think it's hard if you got like a, a, br- a dark brown eye to make it uh, a lighter color. You know, I just not thought about something. Now, I don't know if jade is like a very traditional Chinese or Asian yeah. like gemstone. Absolutely. Yeah. But maybe that has something to do with it. They mentioned like her. She's got green eyes, like rich, creamy jade. Yeah. Is something that um Wang said earlier. OK. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So jade is like. Chinese culture was all about jade. Yeah, it's like a huge thing in their culture. Yeah, so I think that's why the green maybe is especially beautiful to them. And plus, you know, like if you see something that's really rare, you yeah. want it, you want it even more. Yeah. So if you have this one person that has green eyes and nobody else has green eyes, of course she's going to be seen as hotter than the rest. <laughs> um, walk me through this because I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Don't ask me what it's well, I, not what this, it's like not, inside a whorehouse. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Not that part of it. <laughs> So the madam runs back and she goes and checks on uh, right. Mao Yin. There's no reason for her to do that. No right? reason whatsoever. Other than just to show the audience that she's that there. They, that she's there. Th- then that's my question. Like, why does she do that? Like, I don't know if she should have been like, oh, wow, we have one that just came in. Or is she suspicious of Jack, but not suspicious of Jack and like uh, he's associated with low pan is she suspicious of jack because maybe he's associated with the police and with the investigation yeah, he does have a cop vibe doesn't yeah. he when he comes in there he's so like undercover. He's so bad his undercover role that yeah. yeah i would he screams like i'm not who i really am yeah so yeah she's gotta think that this is and they don't really do a great job of of, of showing this in the movie but she had to have thought that that jack is a cop like she she had to think something yeah because yeah it's not like she's going back there i mean Maybe she's going back there to like to see if if Meow is like ready to receive a customer. Maybe, but I didn't. But I didn't get that. I don't even know. To like, me, I, I struggle with the fact that these like women are helping to traffic other women. Like, seems oh, like yeah, well, that's a, that's a moral. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's uh, how I don't know how I mean, you do that. We I, could do a whole podcast on cultures that dime out their own cultures yeah <laughs> like, no doubt that, that's just history right there um 
See, I, there's no way that Miao Yim was ready to be put out on the street nah. because they just I mean, brought been, her there. Like, like just she was still tied up. Like I would think. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna say, "All right, here's what you're doing now," and she's gonna go along. I with have it. no idea how that whole human trafficking nah. and brothels works, but I would think that you gotta, you know, you gotta like this is gonna sound weird, but you gotta, like, you gotta brainwash them. Yeah. <laughs> for a, a little bit, at I least. I mean, yeah. That's you're like, not just going to be like, addicted to drugs yeah, or whatever you do. You're not just yeah. going to send her out in the street because she's going to like run away. Right. Like, so I, I don't. Yeah, she had to have thought that Jack was associated with something other than Lopan. So Jack is in the room with a girl. who Yeah, he, he sent him in there with another uh, whatever, I guess, whoever was available. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's obvious that he's just kind of stalling for time. He's like... He's asking her questions like, so how does it work around here? Like, where do they keep the other girls or stuff? Like, I guess still trying to do his job, trying to figure out maybe if he can track down Meow Yin. It kind of reminds me of my bachelor party and the questions I was asking. Like, <laughs> That's an awkward situation. Yeah, so he's asking her all these questions. And she's like, uh, are we going to get down to business? Or right. She's like, take your tie off. Yeah, yeah, like it. Are we going to just do this? I've got, you know, All right, to do. Like time is money. Yeah. And so out of nowhere, there's this huge like rumble and uh-huh. and uh, like almost like an explosion. And you see all these people bust out of the yeah, room. Yeah, like the whole building is shaking. Mm-hmm. And I, I guarantee it would have been funny if like one of those people running out of the room was like a cop like the city uh, like the city mayor or like yeah. the city police officer or something like that i guess they weren't going for like an r-rated movie but that was like the time that you would have had some like gratuitous nudity absolutely right then like naked girls running yeah. out or whatever they get close they have that one girl that walks in the room with jack and she's just got on like the leopard oh uh, yeah print panties and she's got on <laughs> that a, wasn't like the sexiest laundry ever uh, but i guess yeah. you know well I, mean, I guess you're right because if it had been rated r then it would have been like thongs yeah exactly <laughs> This is where... And Eddie and Wang are on the car, like, and they can sort of see, like, a mm-hmm. green, like, whatever, like, flames what or rays or whatever, like, s- shooting off the roof of the building, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a giant explosion inside, and that's where the three storms bust into yeah, the building. Yeah, it busts, like, a hole right in the roof. Yeah. I was and, always struck by how thin the roof seemed. I mean, because it, it's not a real roof. It's, like, a set. But it was, like, just a sheet of sheetrock. Like... <laughs> No shingles, you know what I mean? Like nothing above the roof. It was just the, the world's thinnest roof. You know, I, you know, it's funny as you say, I bet you if you look really, really close, you probably could see where it's already cut out before oh, the explosion. Yeah, like you could probably see that like a split second before the actual explosion of the roof. But, um, in flies the three, uh, yeah, the three storms. They and, just sort of float down because yeah. I guess they fly. I and mean, it's, they just literally fly like actually, Superman. Yeah, and it's actually two different explosions because thunder and rain come into one part of the house, uh-huh. and then lightning enters in a whole different straight section. Into Miao Yin's straight room. Straight into Miao Yin's room. Do you think they have like some powers that they can sense where she is, or is that just luck that he busted right into her room? Okay, so this is where it starts getting tricky because Miao Yin was taken by the Lords of Death, right? The Lords yep. of Death work for Lo Pan, right? I guess That's so. what we're thinking, right? It's weird that, yeah, yeah, the whole thing is weird. Maybe they're freelancers, like, they So even if they're freelancers, they're but, still working for, with Yeah, they but they be, also... Yeah, I feel like they were just there to steal a girl. At, when, at the airport, so they make some just, money off selling her to the brothel. They right? were just going to steal a girl, no matter now, an Asian female, no matter right. who it was, and they just so happened to by mistake steal Miao Yin. Green eyed girl was oh, you know what? I think I might have just made the connection. So Miao Yin has green eyes. Yes, this is what Lo Pan's looking for. Yeah. So maybe that's why Lo Pan showed up to in the alley. The alley because the Lords of Death. They there. knew she was there. Maybe I don't. They don't really explain it. 
I'm uh-huh. sure that they have powers that we don't really know about. <laughs> but yeah, true. That maybe that's why Lopan's in the alley in the first place. Like if the Lords of Death weren't there, then Lopan wouldn't have been there. Maybe yeah, maybe he didn't want to risk the gang war that was going on somehow her escaping. But then they didn't get her though. And the Lords of Death have nothing to do with the gang war. I don't I don't think so. I think they're like they do their own they're thing. They're just kind of off to the side. Yeah. And so there was like Lopan had already killed the uh leader of the Chang Sing. Yeah. So there was really no reason for him to go back and murder the the funeral procession unless he's just a giant dick. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think he was probably there to get Miao Yin. And mm-hmm. so for whatever reason Do you think he has like a, a supernatural sense of a, a green-eyed girl is I, around? Cuz he has been looking we're, again, we're jumping, but he's been looking for her. And so he has like a like a Sauron with the ring, you know, like, he's got a near. sense of she's near. He doesn't know exactly where she is, but he's got right. a sense that she's near. I buy that because that's really the only way you can explain that they, the lightning came right into her room th- from the roof. Like, he didn't, how would he know? And it's a secret room. It's yeah, yeah. it was other than some supernatural sense, you know, like a ESP or whatever, like a sixth sense at play. Mm-hmm. There's no real way that he could know to drop right into her room. There's so, no reason for them to even know. That I'm gonna she's guess, in that yeah, building. it's like it pops up on their radar or whatever when there's yeah, like a green girl to. around. Because they're it's not like they're tracking anybody. They're not tracking uh, Jack and Wang. You know. Let's be honest though, Lopan hasn't been trying that hard to find a green eyed girl because there are green eyed girls around Chinese. I mean, not Chinese, but. In the city of San Francisco. They do exist. There's a lot. You know, <laughs> you can send your guys out and bring you a green-eyed girl. They do exist. She, she's kind of, she can't be the only one in nah. Chinatown. Yeah, but I, maybe she's the special one because... they we This is like for another episode, but yeah, she does have to pass like a test. Yeah. So maybe this has he happened gets, a million times already, but no one's passed the test. He gets that sense from her, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so the three storms show up and lightning uh, steals... Miao Yin, right. and he also kills the madam. Or I guess he kills her because he he throws lightning at her, and then she oh, explodes. Yeah. She through flies like a, through the wall. So like, I don't, I don't know for a fact <laughs> <laughs> that she died. I'm mean, thinking some seventy year old woman getting thrown through a, a wall is true. probably dead. Okay. Also, you get like Jack, as brave as he is, he like walks right up to Rain and tips his hat up and punches him in the face, and uh, then punches him again in the face. <laughs> And then just sort of smiles at him and yeah. like winks and and uh, Rain just lays him out. Yeah, I like, I like the face that Rain makes when he gets punched in the face. Like, like really? That's what? the best you got? Like, <laughs> like hit me again. Like, yeah. really? And, and then, then he just like kind of taps him. Jack kind of smiles and nods at him. And like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Have you ever wondered like in, in these movies where a person gets hit and then they fly across the room? Would that break like every single bone in her body? I mean, like, wouldn't would that break all their chest? You, right? Yeah, like, I would, snap your neck. If I get hit by something and it throws me a, like literally across the room, I'm thinking at the very least I've broken rib cage. Yeah. So yeah, it's always just so funny to me when people get thrown across the room. And I know it's for like effect, uh-huh. but it's just funny to me. Like, how do they get up from that? I, and again, like we talked about in Predator, yeah, <laughs> your boy getting hit with a, a thousand pound log and well, he was okay. I also noticed it's it's like just a goof in the movie, but like when he does, when the stuntman does fly across the room, like you can tell that he has like some big rectangular shape under his jacket, which I'm sure was some sort of pad. Oh, really? Like to break his fall or whatever when he landed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look back, you can sort of see it when he's flying across the room. He's just got like a, 
a rectangular probably piece of foam or something on underneath. Some of that that wire fighting in the movie. Yeah, man. The storms like they all fly away, like Superman or whatever with Miao Yin. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, they, this is where they go back to Gracie Law's place. Right. Jack sort of comes stumbling out or something like that. They grab him and they toss him in the car and they all run back to Gracie's office. Yeah. And so they are like, well, look, if the three storms were there and they took Miao Yan, then they have to be at Lopan's place. That's the only logical yeah. place for them to go. Do they know? Do, is it like part of the legend that they know that the Chinese characters, I mean, know that Lopan needs a green eyed girl or is that they don't know what's going on? I think that they know that the storms are associated with Lopan. Definitely. So they, yeah. so they don't really necessarily know about the, the Why green-eyed the green girl. Eyes. Maybe like Uncle Chu or um, Ag Shen knows something. They don't talk about it. They haven't it. seen Ag yet. They don't talk about it. So but, um, On the commentary, Kurt Russell talked about how sick he was when they were filming this scene. Like he said, that's the sickest that he's ever been on a movie oh, yeah. set, that he had like a hundred and whatever degree temperature. And mm-hmm. it kind of works because he's sort of woozy, like he just got beat up. Mm-hmm. Also, like he's drenched. Maybe it was like, you know, oh, that's, that's flop sweat or whatever. Gross. If I mean, that sick. was real sweat, but, that's kind of um, gross. <laughs> I mean, they also, I think it's supposed to be rain. Like they just yeah. drug him in out of the rain. Yeah. But, um, and he sits down a lot. It kind of covers up the fact maybe that he wasn't feeling good or it seemed like natural for the scene yeah right that he's not feeling good he sits down practically the whole scene in that lounge chair yeah he's like laid out yeah so i could i didn't realize he was sick but i could see like so he did that while he was you said he had a fever of what a hundred and i feel like he said 102 so how do you have a fever of 102 and you're working like like i would think you'd be in a coma I don't know. No, I don't know what's the dangerous temperature, but 102, 103, I think I've heard of, but like much higher than that, you're in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like I'm thinking 104, you're passed out. And he's, they were taught, like, I think John Carpenter was talking about like, oh yeah, you were a trooper. Like, and he's like, that's the sickest I've ever been, you know, like any sicker than that. And it would have been no, no filming. Is it like the Michael Jordan flu game? Maybe. Like, or, um, what about, you know, about Harrison Ford, like being really sick on Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah, like diarrhea or something well, like we'll that. Well, we'll fill in, like, it was something crazy like that, food poisoning or something yeah. like that, because when he famously, like, shoots that dude with the sword in Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, he just whips the gun out and shoots him. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to be a big fight the scene, and he was so sick scene, that yeah. they couldn't film it. So that's, like, an iconic moment for the movie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're like, maybe we'll do that movie one day. I don't know. but <laughs> I, I don't know if there was any changes to the script at that scene, because, like I said... It plays I, I, fine. It yeah. does. You don't notice anything. And there's just, like, a ton of exposition through this through this scene. So this is yeah. where uh, they figure out that if if the three storms took... Mao Yin, then they they must be at Lopan's place, and Wang is like all fire and brimstone about going to get her. Yeah, they're thinking yeah. that he's crazy. Like, how are you going to go do this? Um, he said, "Yeah, he's like, I think, uh, yeah, they know that she might. I guess they know Lopan spends his time there in the warehouse. Like, he lives there at the business headquarters. Yeah, he's Gracie, the Wing Kong Exchange. Is it not a Gracie Law, but um, Margo? Margo, she comes in and she's like." Wait a minute, you're talking about the Lopan, the most notorious like gangster of all time who's never seen shown his face in the last two years? And, like, like, you're talking about that Lopan? No, no, I'm talking about the other Lopan. No. Of course we're talking about that Lopan. It <laughs> is. It's very convenient for the audience that they're all saying stuff that everyone else already knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. But And I think they're still playing it like that old school style, like where they're just delivering the line as fast as they can deliver it. You know, like, let's just get this scene over with and move on with more action. So there's one line in this this whole scene that Jack says that re- reminds me of something that I would think John Wayne would say. And it's kind of weird. It kind of sticks out to me. This is when they're about to go 
they're about to leave uh-huh. and go get um, Miao Yin. Uh, he's like, okay, you people sit tight. Hold the fort and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. <laughs> Does that not sound like something John Wayne would say? He was it's spitting like, out a bunch of those kind of old school It's just his lines. complete delivery of the line and just, just the whole mannerisms. I was like, that's something like John Wayne would say. But um, I feel like Wayne like says, you know, I'm going to the whatever to the Wang Kong exchange to get her and I'm, I'll do it alone if I have to. And then, you know, Jack has that sort of like line, like the hell you are, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. coming with you or whatever it is. If you think about it, it fits in that like Western motif of the movie, like the, the origins of the movie that it was going to be a Western story. It is kind of like cowboy talk, you know? So I I still, at this point don't understand Jack's motivation because he's already said, screw the truck, screw the money. I'm out of here. Did he? Yeah. He's like, he says that he's like, I don't need the truck. I don't need the money. I I don't need any of this. Like I'm going to leave this whole scenario. See, I feel like the pork chop express is like the love of his life, you know, like, but yeah, you're right. I think he is like ready just to let it go. I think the pork chop, I I agree with you. And then, so I, that's why I don't understand his motivation. He's already lost his truck. He's already lost. And uh, it's what? At this point, like maybe two thousand dollars, like twenty five hundred dollars, yeah. which is a lot of money, but not anything worth dying over. So I've never understood why Jack no. does all the <laughs> thing he, things he does for Wang. Like, I think that he's thirsting for Gracie, and like, and he wants to impress Gracie. That's the only thing I can think of is like that he wants to show Gracie like that he is a hero, so that he can you know. Get in there. I think in the movie universe, I think that might be strong enough motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is willing to die to go save Wang's fiance. Uh, like who? I I mean, they do seem to be really tight. But we said like, how often could he possibly see Wang? Yeah. Like this. I mean, Once I don't know that we think trip. he's like his very very best friend in the whole world. I don't get the feeling. Not when since... he's like trying to hit you in the face. Yeah, it can be that good. <laughs> You're stealing his money. You're like yeah. not just forgiving the debt, but. I also think there is that dynamic through this whole movie of like Jack thinks that he's the hero. Mm -hmm. So I guess he's not going to let someone else maybe be more heroic than him. And he's absolutely the sidekick. Yeah, that's interesting. You never you never really see a movie from the sidekicks. I love it. I, I like it, too. Yeah. Does the sidekick know that they're the sidekick? Is the question like? No, no. There's like a thing. Of, why is he my sidekick? Why can't I be his side? You know, <laughs> yeah. like uh, wasn't there a? It was like one of the Kevin Smith movies where he's like, "You're Han Solo and you're Chewbacca" or whatever. Mm. He's like, "No, why? Why am I his sidekick? How do you know he's not my sidekick?" So in the one of the then I think our, our first podcast we mentioned that they had to uh, add that scene with um, Egg Shin just to kind of beef up how heroic. Uh, Jack's character is. You're right. Um, otherwise, yeah, if they never had that scene, you would be like, "What? What is? Who is this guy?" He's like, always the follower. Yeah, you know? like it's he only <laughs> they, goes in to to fight when he's being dragged along. The, the whole movie is seen from his point of view, but he is the sidekick, which I don't know if they've ever done that before. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really interesting concept. Like that would be like Batman and Robin shown from Robin's viewpoint. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's it's a good take on the on the. They'll film. probably do a reboot of Batman soon. That's from Robin's viewpoint. It's we're, we can't well, be that far away. Yeah, <laughs> if Ben Affleck decides to stay, or who knows. So now they're off to the Wing Kong Exchange to go get Miao Yin, 
and they bust into the front door and they act like they're just a couple what electricians uh, you're right they're like from the power company or something (laughs) but they're not in any sort of uniform or they're just two guys they're like total street clothes like denim jacket and they've had no trouble getting costumes for anything else they probably could have gotten a costume right like from the laundromat or whatever we're thinking but yeah they walk in like Oh, we're the electricians, and yeah, they don't look like electricians. They don't show at any all. kind of security badge. They show nothing, and the, and the cops just let them walk. They in. breeze right through. They're like, "Where's well, probably back here, isn't it?" And they they just yeah, they like walk right through like, the front room. It wasn't like they were even having any kind of electrical issues in that yeah. in the place. So like, I, I why did the cops just let them walk in? Like they didn't even try to stop them. They, they did not try at all. Maybe once they got through that room, they like put a call into Thunder or whatever, and I don't know. Good question. They, I, they had to make a call because they get caught fairly quickly. They walk in and then they do they go immediately to the to the they get in the back. They they get through that front room. Right. And then they're sort the of back. like wandering through a maze of hallways or yeah. something like just looking around for I think they're looking for signs of the truck. Mm-hmm. Or for signs of like where maybe or they would Meow take Yen Meow Yen. Yen. Yeah. Yeah, but they end up going to the elevator and they are like, Well, which floor should we go to? And he's like, Well, punch down, I believe. Well, actually, before they get all of that, it's like um, they cut back to the restaurant where Egg Shen has shown up and he's chatting with Uncle Chu. And they're sort of like making their own plan about like, I guess, rounding up the cavalry and and coming down there to help them or something like that. Okay. Um, And then, yeah, like as Jack and Wang are wandering around, they like see two like tracks on the ground or whatever like where it seemed like some something was being dragged a chair or a person's like feet or whatever mm-hmm. that's when they go up to sort of what looks like a wall or something but they find like at the secret panel and it's the gotcha. elevator you know i love movies with secret panels oh man i mean you know <laughs> i want a secret panel in my house who do you exactly dude like there's so much you could do with a secret panel i feel like i remember in that the TV show Webster, like, did Webster get Webster around in his house through I, secret I, passages? I have no idea. Maybe I feel like he might have just he might have just ridden up and down like in a dumbwaiter or something. Maybe. like that. I don't know. He's we, a t- little guy. We were uh, we're in the middle of trying to buy a house right now, and one of the houses we looked at had like this secret room off to the back end of it, and I was totally like, we need to put like a bookcase door right in this hallway. So How was could, it secret? It was, so there was like a, there was like a main room, but then there was like a little doorway. Uh-huh. You could see it, right? Yeah. There was like yeah. a doorway and it led to like another room in the behind it. That you didn't feel like it shouldn't, it didn't need to be there. So it of? was not felt like it was supposed to be there. It was just like the passage way to get to the other room mm-hmm. was so small. Like it was, oh, it was a small door. It was like a small door. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, I could fit through it, but it was like a small kind of like off the beaten path door. And I was like, this would be a great place to put like a bookcase. Yeah. That can swing can out on hinges. That opens, yeah. yeah. That opens up into like the secret like study. That's like back the man here. cave or yeah, yeah, exactly. the, po- the podcast studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I'm always been a fan of like, uh, you know, take the book down or like fill against the wall yeah. and find like the secret. It's button. very like Indiana Jones or whatever. I used to have dreams like a recurring dream as a kid. I think that like there were secret passages in the house oh yeah i mean yeah like i think every kid has like hides you know like, yeah in the somewhere in the house like make a fort or anything something like that they get into the elevator right and it's just like was the whole elevator like in chinese or something all the numbers all the or, buttons were yeah i think they're just like saying well go down i guess right there's like <laughs> yeah. something like which where do we go and they're like down they hop in the elevator and they i think they're looking for like which way to go and they're just like we'll yeah. just go down and they start headed down, and then all of a sudden the elevator stops. Yep. So, obviously, the policemen 
knew that was something was up when these two yeah. guys got in there. They they phoned it in, or like there was probably like a secret camera somewhere. Right, like were we in. expecting electricians tonight? And they're like, no. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, I would think that the Wing Kong exchange. Nobody's getting into that place. Not even electricians. Like they have their own electricians. They have their own everything. Because this is like is like the head of the Chinese mafia, basically. Yeah. Lopan. Yeah, that's like the headquarters. Yeah. So nobody's just getting into that place. They should have tighter security than a couple of goofballs <laughs> at the <laughs> yeah. desk. If we're being honest. Yeah, they were. They they failed their jobs. So yeah, that takes us up to the end of episode four. We're almost halfway. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.